Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There, there was a bear there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Clotho at Clotho Spindle on Twitter, joined with Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chickren on Twitter. Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and I am at the hyphen real hyphen comma splice on Tumblr. And guess- <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and guesting with us tonight is Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel, and I am Rope Darp Raptor on Tumblr. <laughs> That's a cool name. Oh, okay, and I apologize ahead of time to everyone listening. I have the flu, so hopefully I'll make it through, and I won't do too many coughs. But <laughs> um, oh, Clotho's <laughs> being so brave and making it through this, you guys. And yeah, just a public service announcement: everyone, be like Courtney Penrose and stay in your castle. Do not leave your castle when you have the flu. <laughs> do not infect other people. <laughs> Hold down the fort. <laughs> Call for a meister. Okay, uh, we'll be going over Tyrion's 10th point of view chapter in the book A Clash of Kings in this episode. Spoiler warnings for A Song of Ice and Fire and the show of Game of Thrones, as well as warnings for any potential discussions of violence and rape, which we have in this chapter. Um, happening since last chapter, Davos returned uh, to Stannis' fleet outside the walls of Storm's End. Sir Courtney Penrose won't accept Stannis... Stannis' demands to surrender Storm's End and Robert's bastard Edric Storm. Stannis commands Davos to take Melisandre by boat to a cavern under the castle, and Davos watches as she gives birth to a coochie monster. Uh, <laughs> Corrin Halfhand arrives at the Fist of the First Men with 100 men from the Shadow Tower. Mormon agrees when Corrin advises him to send scouts into the mountains. Corrin chooses Jon Snow to be one of a f- one of a four-man party that he will lead into the Skirling Pass. And now we move on to Tyrion 10. Uh, Lancel meets with Tyrion in the Sept and informs him that Cersei intends to send Tommen away to Rosby with Lord Giles. They plan, or Giles, they plan to dye his hair and pass him off as the son of a hedge knight. Lancel admits that Cersei is worried about keeping Tommen safe from both Tyrion and the small folk. Tyrion wonders why he hasn't heard about this from Varys. Lancel asks for a boon in return for the information. He wants his own command in the next battle. Tyrion responds, perhaps. After Lancel slips away, he pauses to light a candle for Jaime at the altar of the warrior, then lights a, can- a second candle to the stranger for himself. Mm. There's a little bit that of was, a... <laughs> That was so... I was like, uh, he a couple times mentions Jaime in this chapter. I mean, have we had a chapter that he hasn't thought about or mentioned Jaime? I mean, I feel like it's... Yeah constant it just makes me sad it really does make me sad how much he loves jamie and how much he clearly wishes he had jamie with him well yeah and then it all goes to crap uh, and can we talk about how funny this whole lancel thing is how like Tyrion's like sure you can have a command for the battle so the last thing like you can kill. so do you think Lanza wants to go out in a blaze of glory like what's the deal is that like no. Tyrion read him right or he's just <laughs> I think Lancel just thinks there's glory I think that's all Lancel <laughs> thinks yeah I think that was that was a uh, that was a oh sweet summer child yeah. moment from Tyrion you know <laughs> like Catelyn with Renly's peaches idealistic young man <laughs> yeah 
Oh, okay. We can move on to, let's see. Tyrion cooks up a scheme and tells Bronn to instruct Sir Jacelyn Bywater to lay a trap along Rosby Road. Escort Lord Giles to the, re- the rest of the way back to the castle, hold Tommen safely there, and expel the entire garrison. Bywater will be rewarded with a lordship and can do whatever he wants with Lord Giles, as long as he doesn't kill him. He rides part of the way with Bronn to Chataya's. Sorry, He notes how empty the streets are since the council extended his curfew. He and Bronn part ways the mudgate. After glancing behind to check that the coast is clear, he decides to take a risk, wheels his horse around, and heads straight to Shay's mansion. As he enters, he hears the song of Simon Silvertongue. Tyrion is alarmed when the singer calls him Hand and realizes the singer knows who he is. He threatens the singer, and Shay makes him promise not to hurt him. They have sex. <laughs> so we can stop there to discuss. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Why didn't I get one of those nice chapters, you know, where we don't have any of Tyrion's, like, misogyny, misogyny or... Oh, he's so creepy. Like, he's just, he's so creepy. You know? I... Like, I forget how creepy he is until I read a Tyrion chapter, and then I'm like, he's so creepy. He's so I... gross. And just when you think he can't get creepier... He does. He really does. It's a skill, I think, on his part. And I'm almost impressed. And Okay, am I misremembering? (laughs) Was there another singer? Or is this the one that Shay's kind of, like, you know, got a thing for? This this guy's kind of plump. I think it's this one, isn't it? Is it it really? Because I only remembered the one guy. And then I'm reading the description. And he does not sound like he's that attractive. And Tyrion is such a creep. I mean, oh, God. I, I, he sounds like what you'd hear in a porno, like a really gross <laughs> porno, like the things he says to you. Yeah, well, and like the way he, and like this is not the first time he's done this. He just like walks in a room and like takes off some of Shay's clothing or starts like completely touching her boobs or something. Like he, it's just like, there's just no foreplay. It's just, bam, just straight into it. And I'm just like, oh my god. There's like, even a line. I think it's a little bit later though, and now I've got to find it. Well, but it makes it disingenuous that he, like, I don't know if you were talking about the one where he was saying, oh, I don't mind if you have rough hands. Like, he doesn't, so to me Oh, that's like, what, is that through the exciting, um, how you can go be a maid, and it'll be fine. Yeah, and, and like, you know, not even a maid. You could be, like, scrub pot somewhere and try, it'll be... It's so contradictory. Like, on the one hand, he's trying to either convince himself or convince her that he's viewing her as a full complete human being but then he doesn't oh it is here it's this is the line i thought about she's like she's asking him not to hurt him or whatever and then he said you know they're they're talking and then he goes Tyrion covered her mouth with his own he'd had talk enough he needed the sweet simplicity of the pleasure he found between Shay's thighs Uh, here at least he was welcome wanted which is ironic because I kind of doubt that (laughs) yeah yeah but it's like she's an object he thinks he loves her but he does I mean he knows I mean you know he knows nothing about her (laughs) And he just wants her when he wants her. She's a sex toy for him. Oh, and she totally knows it too. You can tell. Yeah, she does. And well, it's like this. Like I feel like I feel like I never gave Bookshay credit for being clearly as bright as she was because it's like yeah. she immediately understands what the threat is for the singer, mm-hmm. and she's trying to suss out, you know, how Tyrion's going to behave. 
Yeah. With him. I mean, you know, she she clearly is aware of what Tyrion is thinking of doing, and it's like she's smart enough to hide that from him. You know, I mean, like she does ask the question, but like then she just completely drops it, and he doesn't worry about how how she's going to react to that. And she knows Varys. I mean, he mm-hmm. comes in yep. all disguised. I'm sorry, I'm skipping ahead, but she knows him right away. Yeah. Yep. To yeah. the to the astonishment, I might add, of Varys and. Mm-hmm. Tyrion. Yeah, Tyrion, who he's totally yep. underestimating I mean, her the whole time. Oh, man. Yeah, and, and we go into that. Tyrion goes down to the garden, but it's not long before he smells something rank. He turns to see Shay standing with a begging brother. She announces that Lord Varys has come to see him. Tyrion laughs at this, but not for long. Rank Varys has brought dire tidings. Sir Courtney Penrose is dead, and Stannis has taken Storm's End. He asks Varys to give him a moment alone with Shay. Shay and to meet him at the stables. Tyrion warns, warns Shay that she is no longer safe and wants to move her to the Red Keep. She tells him she'll gladly be his lady, but Tyrion tries to make it clear to her that it cannot be. He suggests that she could pose as a scullion. Shay is offended and asks him why she can't stay in his rooms. She makes fun of Tywin and his hold over Tyrion. Tyrion slaps her and warns her to never mock him. He then begins to tell her a story, and I'm just going to keep this short. I'm not going to get into the really disgusting, but when I was 13, I wed a crofter's daughter, so I thought her. I was blind with love for her and thought she felt the same for me, but my father rubbed my face in the truth. My bride was a whore Jamie hired to give me my first taste of manhood, and I believed all of it, the fool that I was. To drive the lesson home, Lord Tywin gave my wife to a barracks of his garment to use as they pleased and commanded me to watch. And then Tyrion leaves out that he raped Tysha on Tywin's command. He ends by telling her the marriage was undone and begs her to give up thoughts of living in the tower with him. He promises her another manse with silks when they are done with Stannis. Her eyes grow large and Tyrion cannot read what she may be thinking. And, you know, it's interesting. You see, like, he mentions that she's wooden and that, you know, you could, you know, whether he's not doesn't want to admit it to him herself, he he can see, like, she's reacting to all of this. And he's in oh, denial yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Well, and like the thing is, that's that's an authorial cue to the reader that mm-hmm. Shay is having some thoughts. The, the, there's a look on her face that Tyrion takes note of, but he can't figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a note for us to come back to in the Storm of Swords. You know, I mean, like, Shay kind of is really getting Tyrion's number in this chapter. And you can just see it several times. I mean, like we talked about, Varys comes. Tyrion himself says he probably wouldn't have known who Varys was. But Shay knew. Shay saw through the disguise, basically. And then we have this scene between them where Shay, you know, basically says, hey, why don't you marry me? I will never shame you. You know, then we wouldn't have to keep doing this hiding thing. And Tyrion tells her the story about Tysha. And like, (laughs) clearly this story shakes Shay. Mm -hmm. Like this this tells Shay something. The fact that Tyrion turned on this girl who he found out was a whore, like this clearly strikes a chord in Shay. And I don't know how I never quite tumbled to this moment of, of her having this look on her face and, and Tyrion, you know, noting it, but that's clearly George giving the reader something to come back to and go, Oh, she took something away from this as in, I cannot trust Tyrion. Cause she like, doesn't, well, anyway. yeah, she doesn't seem like one to get easily flustered. So it's a big deal that she got that, you know, um, mm. silent. Yeah. Well, in this whole situation, so, okay, w- with this little revelation about Taisha, she knows that his family is nobody to fuck with. He's nobody to mess with. And then his idea of keeping her safe is actually not, I don't think, the most secure thing because she, and he even comments, like, I think Varys says, like, um, this is probably not the best idea. 
And he's like, he'd rather have her fondled than whatever. But Ugh. Ugh. I Which mean, it's not his call to make. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm no. pretty sure it's more than fondling. I mean, she oh, yeah. is totally vulnerable. And she knows what position she'll be in. She understands it. She's like, yeah, my father made me his scullion and also his horse. She's telling him, oh, God, if I'm that in that position, so... oh, then I'm going to be treated in this way. That's what she's telling him when she said that. I totally and forgot he that she was molested. To it. Oh, God, that was so horrible. I, I, I totally, you know, the first time I read the, I'm like really, I'm feeling like kind of an idiot because the first and actually second time I read and I read up to an, uh, Clash of Kings and my reread, I missed, I, you know, I always dismissed her as kind of like a garden variety, kind of not even a fully fleshed character. And she's, there's more going on here. And I missed so much of his misogyny. I mean, I knew it was Maybe. there in dance and, uh, but still, oh my God. I think we go on autopilot with rereads sometimes and we just kind of expect to see what we expect to see. And if you think about it, the first time that I read it, I'm sure I would have been just plowing through waiting for, you know, plot development. Yeah. 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 You're looking for mentions of your favorite characters or maybe not as focused, but oh my gosh. Or just trying to keep track of all the names. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the other thing. There is so much. They're so rich. I mean, there is so much here. But it's funny because George himself considers himself to have underwritten Shay. Hmm. But it's like uh, going through this reread and really, you know, taking a fine tooth comb to it. He actually gave her a lot more layers than I think even he gave himself credit for. Yeah. Even then, you know, compared to the other people. Well, and he misses. I mean, this is he's even because he knows. I mean, there's this this other line where they're arguing about, you know, hiding her in the kitchens and he's wondering why he told her about Taisha. And then he says, what did he want from her forgiveness? The way she had looked at him, what did that mean? Did she hate the thought of scouring pots that much or was it his confession? I mean, how could he, yeah. Oh, God. How could Almost I tell like her that? About him wait, wait, wait. All the time. How could I tell her that and still think she would love me? Part of him said in another part, mock saying full of a dwarf. It is only the gold gold and jewels the whore loves and he said that before similar like he refuses I mean, he is well, it's like, she she is seeing his clear clear issues with women like she's yeah. aware of it i mean not to mention he just slapped her yeah oh, yeah. yeah the abuse yeah. I mean, does that i mean also that story could be taken as a not just a threat that oh tywin could do this to you i think it could be taken as a threat from Tyrion, like a direct oh threat. yeah well that <laughs> yeah. story <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not just story. a cautionary tale about his family. I mean, and granted, he's leaving out, you know, his role in this mess. But he says this after he hit her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, well, I mean, I, and it, I, I mean, like, does this not make you think twice about why she may have potentially herself mm-hmm. approached Tywin to uh, make sure that she didn't end up in a Taisha position. Oh, that's a, good point. Yeah. that's a good point. It's starting to make a lot more sense because, okay, he's kind of, I mean, by the time his trial has happened, he's kind of screwed no matter what happens. She doesn't want to be in that. Yeah. Between Cersei and Tywin, I mean, yeah, why wouldn't you? And he's I mean, like, if you knew what Tywin her. had done, wouldn't you maybe try to circumvent it, maybe approach him, maybe seduce him, try anything? And and she might be yes, and she might be able to feel um, pick up on that Tyrion's 
you know, she might that his uh, position is more precarious than he might even think in the beginning. You know what I mean? Once she gets in the in red keep, I'm sure she's picking up on that. that yeah, that he's the low man on the totem pole in the family. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah. Well, once the Blackwater's yeah. over, I'm sure she very quickly sees. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, throughout all of this, it's not that I like her, but I sympathize with her a hell of a lot more than I did before. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. Yeah, I think so too. Oh man, just all of it. Yeah, it's ooh. And he's so really like um it's almost disturbing like you almost feel like to me I don't know if she would have ha- I almost feel like if she would have tried to escape him at this point that he wouldn't just let her go easily. Like he almost seems so obsessive about her. You know, I guess we'll never know for sure, but she he seems like she couldn't just walk away from him and say, "Hey, I'm done with this. I want to, you know, I'm going to go back to, the, you know." Oh, I'm pretty sure that's not an option for her. Yeah. I mean, not one with a good outcome. I, I mean, the way he's talking about her, it is very much a kind of, like, I don't know, <laughs> obsessive wacko. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she's already figured that out, and she's learning she has to basically manage him. Yeah. So that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> oh, man. As he rides off with Varys, he regrets telling her about Tysha. He asks Varys for his help in bringing Shay to the castle without Cersei finding out. And this is where he gets into uh, Varys points out. Uh, that she would have to lie and answer too many questions if she joins the kitchen. It's not a good idea. He suggests an alternative. Lady Tan, Lady Tanda's daughter, Lalas, has a maid that is stealing from her and various things Shay will make a nice substitute. He informs Tyrion that he knows secret passages into the tower and Tyrion is concerned and annoyed. Tyrion turns the conversation to inquire about the matter of Courtney Penrose's death. Varys tell, tells him that he threw himself from a tower. Tyrion doesn't believe it. He suggests the guard may, guards may be lying and did it themselves. Varys tells him that Sir Courtney had challenged Stannis to single combat the night before and reminds him that Renly also died under mysterious circumstances. He shares with Tyrion the tale of how he was cut and why he hates magic and all who practice it. He promises that if Stannis is doing so, he will see him dead. Bam. You know, I kind of love it that Varys you know, recognizes that this is probably Melisandre's work with Courtney Penrose. I mean, I, I feel like that takes a certain amount of um, not just awareness, but like openness to, to like accepting yeah. all of the possibilities with something. Right. And, um, because, you know, it, and to, to talk to Tyrion about it, it's clear that, that he knows this is a sensitive subject. Cause like, you don't run around going, Oh, I think this might be magic. <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. like people aren't going to take you seriously. And I think um, the fact that he goes there, especially because immediately before there, he's talking about secret passages and ways into the, you know, to the Tyrion's chambers, which, you know, if if Sir Courtney is shut up, how did he die? Well, you know, one, the, the more logical, rational response would be, well, maybe there's another way into the castle, but Varys doesn't go there. He goes with this quite powerful story about his past. Well, he did, yeah. um... He did see, like, he was there when, uh, oh, crap, what's his name, came from the Night's Watch to, like, petition oh, Tyrion um, for resources. And he did see Tyrion, like, give those resources despite, like, this crazy story. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good point. That's true. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That he was maybe sort well, of open-minded. And it's interesting how Varys is smart enough to go, okay, if I tell this, you know, um, very vulnerable and moving story about myself and I open myself up as, to ridicule, basically, by admitting that I've seen something I can't explain, 
um, you know, it'd be like telling your Sasquatch story to somebody, you know, and like just <laughs> hoping for the best that they're not just going to tell everybody that you're a lunatic. So, um, well, you know, you it, it, it's, <laughs> no, I know I emphatically do not, but um, I, I just kind of appreciate the way that, that Varys goes about this. And like, I feel like this is just a chapter of people handling Tyrion and him not being aware of it. And that's definitely what Varys is doing here. Yeah. I mean, you know, Tyrion does a pretty good job of being skeptical, but I think he also isn't very, you know, he's not, he's not insulting him. He's taking, you know, he's like, okay, I'm not gonna, you know, he kind of counters him, but he doesn't really go, you know, I think it was interesting too in the chapter, Davis's chapter that Courtney Penrose was really, um, I thought that was kind of cool. He was taken up for Brienne and he said he knew her since she was a small child and, you know, that, that she didn't, you know, when they were suggesting all who killed Renly and stuff, he wasn't having that either. You know, he wasn't having, oh, you know, it was Brienne or it was this one. Um, mm-hmm. So it is kind of, I think it's interesting that, yeah, I agree. The fairies is uh, down with that theory. Well, yeah, I, I mean, like, it's just, it, it is interesting. And I It, it kind of makes me wish that we would get the Winds of Winter so we could just <laughs> find out where that's going. The fact that, you know, Varys does believe in magic and, you know, does know that it's out there. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty strong statement when he said that he's going to see him dead. Because I mean, it sounds like he's pretty confident that he can achieve that, too. You know? Yeah, that kind of stuck out to me because I don't think of... that. It, I didn't remember that as being such a, like oh, we actually got a motivation out of Varys, because he's, mm-hmm. like, his whole shtick is that you don't know what he's doing or why exactly, except that it's ambiguously for the realm. Uh, <laughs> so I, like, rereading it, I was like, oh, there's actually, like, a motivation here, in a way, that I, like, a, a singular, clear, personal motivation that I don't think of Varys as having. And also such a such a wide-reaching one, you know, like, he's gonna kill anything that does magic in this series? That's a that's a stance to take, narratively. <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> yeah. He's going to go against it all. <laughs> yeah. oh. I, I would pay money, George, to see that. Just saying. <laughs> if you're listening, you want to yeah, get that book out? I, I'm there, man. $30 or whatever. <laughs> I'll buy the hardback. I, I'm not proud. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and we kind of went over, but I'll finish up with uh, Tyrion is skeptical and thinks Stannis most likely hired an assassin. Tyrion shares that he used to dream he'd be rich enough to hire a faceless man to kill Cersei. Tyrion his, throws back his head and laughs. <laughs> Varys asks, my lord, and I'll read this little section. He said, don't you see the jest, Lord Varys? As, as um, Tyrion said, waving a hand at the shuttered windows of the sleeping city, Storm's end has fallen, and Stannis is coming with fire and steel, and the gods alone know what dark powers, and the good folk don't have Jamie to protect them, nor Robert, nor Renly, nor Rhaegar, nor their precious knight of flowers. Only me, the one they hate, he laughed again, the dwarf, the evil counselor, the twisted monkey demon, I'm all that stands between them and chaos. Like, why? Okay, he's rich. Why didn't he do that? Like, he could hire someone to kill <laughs> Oh, well, the faceless men have this habit of of exacting uh, oh, way a high price from anyone. <laughs> whatever, whatever is your version of a high price, they exact it. But I mean, I think it's like he just said. I mean, he's not going to kill Cersei because of what yeah. it would do to Jamie. Jamie you know, yeah. he brings it up a lot. Though. He mentions like wanting to harm her a lot. That's he does. So, I he guess really that's the extent does. of how much he loves Jamie, you know, another you know symbol that he's he really wants to get back at Cersei. 
Yeah, well, well and it's I like mean, what keeps him in check with Joffrey is yeah. Jamie. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, she is. I mean, they have this abusive relationship, so there's that. It goes back to you know his earliest memories. I get that, but at the same time, he's got. Oh man, his issues have issues. Oh God, and it's like it's so funny because like. Early in this chapter, like he he's he's talking about how he wouldn't t- trust Braun with Tommen and stuff. Like he's able to keep this perspective of oh, I shouldn't trust people that I'm paying. I shouldn't trust people I'm paying. He never wants to trust Varys. He, you know, he's always just like can't trust, can't trust, can't trust. And yet he never he just like puts full faith in Shay yep. and assumes she loves him back. And it's exactly like you said, Com, because he thinks of her as an object. He does not think of her as a fucking fully rounded human being with her own motivation. I think, I mean, there's, there's lines in this chapter and there's lines in previous chapters that deep down he knows that they do not have this kind of relationship, but he wants to believe it so badly. It's like that stupid thing they did on the show with Podrick. It's that fantasy that, you know, the whore's going to love you that she's going to give it away for free. And which has never made any sense fiscally or, I mean, it's just, there's no, I mean, but that's what he wants to believe. Isn't there like in their very first scene, and this probably isn't a hot take in any way, but like there's doesn't like, that was the agreement that when he first hired her, she was going to like pretend to love him and adore him and like be this thing. And he seems to forget it. Like he falls oh, for his yeah. own trick here. <laughs> so str- yes, that, yeah. yes. He literally like falls into his own trap, which is really great writing. Assuming it was on purpose, which I assume it was, <laughs> yeah. uh, but also really makes me want to smack Tyrion all the more. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's so funny because I, I can't remember exactly what I thought at the time, but you know, as we did our rewatches of, the early seasons of Game of Thrones and went through it all. I, you know, I think one of the places I really gave um, D and D credit was the way that they fleshed out Shay. But you know what? Fuck that. Um, <laughs> I, I really is a much more interesting character. It, she really is, and I mean, I continue. I've never not been angry at the way that they whitewashed Tyrion, but I mean, it's just basically a fundamentally different characterization on the show, really. Yeah. Yeah, if you take all this out with him, because on the show, I mean, I mean, it's clear that she has feelings, inexplicable feelings for Sansa, that she feels something for Tyrion, that she feels guilt about it. Where I think, if I remember correctly, in the books, I mean, she has nothing, no feelings towards Lawless. I don't think she gives a crap about Sansa, and I, it's quite clear. I mean, she's just dealing with her reality right now that there's no affection here with Tyrion. Did she ever meet Sansa in the books? I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. She- I'm pretty sure. She's First she's Lawless's maid, which is referenced yeah. here. And I mean, I remember there's this horrible like because Lawless has been raped repeatedly by multiple men, right? And she's mm-hmm. pregnant and I think Shay is not exactly sympathetic about it, if I remember correctly. Although right. we've already established my memory here is a little bit faulty. Um, and I think at some point Tyrion moves her in when he is married to Sansa so he can keep her, like, closer. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But I can't be 100% on... I mean, I... Oh God, I really missed all of this 
when I read this. I, no, I you're totally right. I, I'm pretty sure you're right that she, she does somehow end up Sansa's maid, and I don't remember how it is, but I don't think that's just the show. I think that happens in the books. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, but I mean, like, this whole thing here, I mean, it's so, he is so damn scary, and she's reacting to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it's just like she's saying, she's like, you know, my survival depends on me being able to see through a shit show that someone's giving me and she can see through him. I mean, like it just kind of puts everything that Shay does in storm into perspective. And like, I'm, I'm becoming convinced that she might even have approached Tywin herself out of self-preservation. I mean, people are always like, how did, how did she end up in bed with Tywin? Now I'm like thinking maybe cause she was smart and she knew she needed to, you know, head head Tywin off at the pass and give him a reason not to fucking kill her. She had, yeah. yeah, she ends up in a very, very dangerous situation. And, and he, you know, he's thinking he can keep her safe. He's bringing her into the hornet's nest. Yeah, for his own selfish yeah, goddamn yeah. reasons. Why doesn't he send her out somewhere the say, same yeah, way that they're doing well, with Well, I mean, this idea of that he has to have her. I mean, it's like, okay, either keep her in her cat, her manse, which, I mean, I'm sure she'd be happy not to have to sleep with anybody. Or... You know, send her away. If you really love her, then you don't want to put her in this kind of dangerous situation. And is that interesting? Because the show went there, right? The show had Tyrion, or did they do that? Or was that Varys? Was Varys trying to? Because somebody tried to, or Littlefinger, somebody trying to bribe her to go away. I thought it was Tyrion. Or yeah, it was Varys. Was it Varys or was it Varys? It was Varys. Remember, okay. there's that thing where he gives her like a. I don't know. There's You're outside on that, the, looking over the cliffs, overlooking where the stone wall is, and he's talking to her. He's like, we'll yeah, I mean, it's actually quite, it was a very good scene because yeah. Conleth Hill is excellent. And I want to say, didn't like, he tried to give her like diamonds, like rubies or something, like a rubies or some or kind of gemstones, yeah. like get the hell out of yeah. here. And she wouldn't go. Yeah. Whereas I think Bookshay would be like, yep, thank you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, God. Show just ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. God, I'm just. When are when are when are we done with Tyrion again? Oh, A year from now. How, many, how many more chapters do we have in Crash of Jesus Christ, this guy. <laughs> uh, I think we're at the end then. And if do we have any mail or? Um, we do. Okay. We have um. <laughs> One piece that simply came in to Tumblr that from an an anon who said Chikrin funny. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, encapsulating okay. all of your wit you into two words. <laughs> and then we have a message from awesome. um, American Cups of British Tea. Hi all, I've just discovered the po- this podcast, and I'm so slowly working my way from episode one. I feel like it's going to take me ages, but I'm enjoying every second of it, especially the insights from the books. Thanks for giving me plenty of content to consume while I wait for the final season to air, or better yet, the next book to be published. (laughs) And we did get a couple of messages from people who were interested in being guests, and they came in on Tumblr, and I've messaged you, but Tumblr's messaging system is kind of sucky, so... If you didn't get them, um, I'm thinking email to us is the best option. Yeah, and that's a, that's a nice segue into you can reach us at 
close the door and at gmail.com on tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com but like we said gmail's better uh, follow us on twitter at door podcast please like review subscribe to us on itunes podbean youtube google music wherever you listen and please support us on patreon at close the door and uh i think that's it everyone <laughs> um thanks for joining us rachel Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay. Good. Thanks for moderating, Clotho, despite being <laughs> ill with the flu. No, thank you, guys. It went pretty good. <laughs> uh, goodbye, everyone. I'm closing the door. Get out.